Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky, aka Mac and Blue. Welcome to Mac and Blue. I like it turned up loud. I know that I'm jumping way off here before I can, but that was great. I was rocking a little bit. Because you're deaf or what? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Can you turn it up, Ethel? <laughs> kind of. Um, Robert Johnson, Vice President of Business Development with Tory Contracting. The guy screaming at me. I thought he was screaming. Uh, JJ Levinsky, President of a Blue Wave General Contracting. You still okay? Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> okay, um, all right now. I feel like we're medicated today. <laughs> yeah, I do feel a little medicated, and I don't know why. Well, I do. But, hey, I'm going to leave it to you yeah, to spe- introduce this fine <laughs> so fellow that's with of, us here. Speaking of medicated, only because I know what he just went through in the last how many hours flying back from overseas. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Is uh, our esteemed guest today, Cole Cannon. So, full disclosure on why we wanted Cole in here is he's the head of... Uh, Cannon Beach Surf Park, which um, we as Blue Wave are fortunate to be part of an unbelievable team over there. And uh, we get, I know Cole gets this all the time, and so do I, but we get asked, I don't know how many times during the day, what is this all about? How did it start? All these kind of things. So with that, we get to just turn it over to Cole today and go, all right, Cole, where did the vision start? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a big question. That's loaded. Okay. Uh, and for your assurance, I don't have COVID anymore. So we're, no, we're I wasn't we're, worried about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we don't care. No. We're all way it's past tight it. quarters in here, but yeah. uh, there were some Clorox wipes. We're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm an attorney by trade. I, you know that your audience certainly doesn't know that I don't look like one. I look like a hippie surfer, um, but I am an attorney by <laughs> I trade. I feel so much better that you've said it. Cause when you walked in, I'm like, this dude's a surfer, man. I mean, I was like, I thought he was a, was an attorney. No, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah he, he just didn't put that Esquire behind his name to look cool. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's very, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool vibe. So, as is the case with a lot of my deals, um, this property was acquired through some litigation. So I get little leads to the property tax, probate sales, litigation disputes. So we, so I, I bought this property in 2018, and there was no plan for it. Uh, as is the case when you buy buy property under those circumstances, you don't have a lot of time for due diligence, right? <laughs> like there was no survey done. There was no geotechnical done, like no zoning analysis. Like it was like, do I want this? You make that shotgun decision. We bought it. Good off, good area. I live actually fairly close to it. So I kind of know just the demographics. So I thought we can make something here. So bought the property, have land, need story sort of thing. My story is that I moved here from Utah, by the way. So I, I have roots in California and Utah. My wife said, I'm sick of the winter. I want to get out of here. Let's move to Arizona. I said, I've never been to Arizona. One time for the University of Utah Fiesta Bowl here in 2004. It was the only time I've been there. I said, okay, honey, well, if we're going to move to Arizona, you have to get a place on some water. So she found, found us a, a property on a private water ski lake. And I have actually developed two water Out in the skis, East Valley. Out in the I East Valley. I know the one you're talking yep. about. Okay. Yep. So that was, uh, that was a blessing for us. We moved to that house and I thought, gee, we just don't have enough water yet. You know, the lake's great in my backyard, but let's get some more attractions. I have six little kids under the age of 11. So it's pretty rowdy in the Cannon household. <laughs> and uh, in that Southeast Valley, I just found quickly that there wasn't a lot to do for my young family, right? Like we ended up driving all the way to Chandler or at best, you know, North Gilbert, which can be 30 minutes away from where I was and thought, gosh, we need some more entertainment in this area. Well, I had this piece of land. And so that sort of was the impetus. What can I create for my family? Not maybe so selfishly thinking exclusively my family, but I knew that I represented well the demographic of that Southeast Valley. So if my family would dig it, presumably the other families would dig it too. So we started barking up the surf park. And then who did you, who did you first meet in that whole realm or how did that unfold? Yeah. So it was just sort of a peanut butter and chocolate moment. So <laughs> as I say, so I love both of those yeah. things, by the way. So uh, I was uh, playing basketball like I do uh, with one of my friends, Matt Gunn. And uh, I'd always been interested in artificial wave technology, but this guy was like a total wave nerd, right? Like he was from California. He'd actually 
been designing his own system for the last 10 years, but he never had funding behind him. And, and he, Jeez, that story of Robert. Say, I'm just going to sit around and just design a wave machine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, and he originally embarked on the on looking at all the different wave technologies out there. And he said, gosh, none of these quite fit what his vision was. And so he started to design a system with a couple of our partners, John Bushy, our yeah. engineer. So I kind of met him right when that design was was being honed in on. And then I added my creative input. We ended up building in, in his backyard um, a one to eight model, which flooded his neighbor's yard twice, by the way. So his neighbors put up with this like artificial little wave pool in his backyard that was a, a faux swimming pool, more or less. And uh, it made great little waves uh, on a one to eight scale. We learned a few things though. So we thought, oh, brilliant. You know, this wave looks amazing if you get a little micro camera on it. But we thought, let's just make it one-to-one -one now. Just biggie-sized this little pool in the backyard. But the laws of hydrodynamics don't work that way. We learned that the hard way. So if you just want to amplify a one-to-eight model, which would be, for your listeners, the size of like a garage, your average right. garage. Um, if you want to turn that into the size of an acre pool, it doesn't translate one-to-one. -one. There's something called the Froude similitude, which we had to learn the hard way. that has to do with water friction and things like that. And so there's been some painful lessons learned along the way. But what we have today to show for it is we have a beautiful wave that we've created. We've surfed on it. Three weeks ago, we're out there. You brought your family out there. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. People love it. I mean, they're just not used to seeing waves in the middle of the desert. And they're super excited. Well, so I can, let me, let me interject though, because of the Matt story. So when I first met Cole and Matt, and we'll get into some other names as far as, far as like, I would call it the partnership, okay. if you will, or and all the, the team members yeah. that are around this project. Um, Part of the interview was I had to go to his backyard. You had to go <laughs> see like, this. You go check it out. Yeah. See. I'm driving down there going, is this guy is this guy a lunatic or what? You know, I'm like, what is this going to look like when I get to the backyard? And then, like Cole said, it was cool. And it, pretty soon, but then my my brain kicked in too. I started asking a million questions like, okay, how do you do this? How do you do that? And then start thinking about how it would be applied to construction. Sure. Because someone's still got to build all this stuff. Right. So it was, it was a, that was a fun moment though to kind of just, you start to see the vision and, and, and in this short time that we have together this afternoon, you'll hear that I think just the the amplitude of the energy around the whole thing, it just, it just never stops. No, that's what I'm getting already. Yeah. It's like, this is so cool because it, it, in my mind, it's like just a couple of guys going, okay, let's, so we, let's make a wave and, and just playing with it and it turning into a business or turning into an, an event or a venue, which is just unbelievable to me. But so, wait, I got to, I got to jump in here. Go ahead. Utah. Okay. Utah. So there's not surfing in Utah. <laughs> You're so very astute observer. Yes. <laughs> how did you get, I mean, what was the interest there and, and when, when and how did that come about? Yeah. So I went to grad school at University of Southern California okay. and I, I would surf. I'm still from Utah. So I'm like the, the maybe top 10% of surfers from okay. Utah, but like bottom 10% surfers <laughs> oh, in California. Gotcha. So I'm still terrible. Gotcha. Right. I own that. Uh, but I just have a great time doing it. It's one of those few, few liberating sports, kind of like golf, right? You can be a hack. And have a great time exactly. on the golf course. No. You, you, you go out there, you'll you'll play 18 holes, but you just get one par. You're like, okay, yeah. I'm coming back. Right. But you got to get that one par. And surfing's no different. Like, you can float around in the waves, have the sunset go down. You might see a seal if you're lucky. Just the, you know, it's, it's, it's invigorating. You catch one good wave, you're like, okay, I'll come back. Notwithstanding all the failed attempts to the <laughs> right, contrary, right? Right. right. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where I developed my love of surfing. And then Matt is from California, and he was a transplant here to Arizona, as many people are. Sure, right. Sure. There's a huge population here, and we're actually lucky because, you know, these days, I'm a slalom water skier, which makes me like really old. Like if you say if you like Facebook and you like slalom skiing, then you're probably over 50 years old. Is right. What people would assume. No, I would agree. Yeah. So. I mean, even wakeboarding is a is an outdated practice. What does everybody do now? They all surf. Surf. They all oh, surf yeah, behind the wakeboard. The wakeboard yeah. They, 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 they do, don't use a rope anymore. They do wake surfing. Yeah. That, that's no, the that's jam. what I was going to say. Yeah. The ones with no fin and they're yeah. turning and spinning and whatever. They just ride on that wake. And so we're just lucky that you have this convergence where all these, these desert rats are now surfing behind, you know, inbound boats. And that's sort of the training ground, if you will, to come on our lagoon. And so there's this excitement for surfing that maybe we didn't have a decade ago. So we have this whole new fan base that's sort of built in that's been surfing and, and they're going to just take those skills and bring them to Canada Beach. Are there, on that coal, I mean, not to put you on the spot, is there any data to support, like, are, are, 
do you have anything as far as the demographics <laughs> of, of how many desert surf rats there are? <laughs> I, I wish I did. I don't. Okay. And that's been part of the challenge. So I'm glad you brought that up. So there's only two surf parks in America today. One of them is in uh, BSR Surf Ranches in Waco, Texas. And to be clear, it's not in Waco. It's like in a field yeah. 30 minutes outside of Waco. Which is out in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. It's awesome, though. Yeah. Right. It had totally great. I have nothing but respect and love for those who have done this wave stuff, even if it's not my company, mm-hmm. not my tech. It's hard. It's very hard to do. And it's very niche and it takes a very special contractor who's willing to put up with it. And I hear JJ, you know, they say <laughs> we're, we're building the airplane as we're flying it. And he's 100 percent right. And, and so we're grateful to have Blue Wave uh, behind us because apparently they're down to build airplanes while you fly at 30,000 feet. You know? Plus the name of the company just kind of fits pretty well. It really does, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that wasn't strategic. That was all circumstantial. I think it was destiny, but it was circumstantial. Yeah. Yep. yep. So to answer your question, there's been no real statistics on that. And so when you come to financing a project like that, mm-hmm. banks like it, they're excited about it, but they say, well, give me the pro forma, Cole. And it's like, uh, <laughs> the, the what? You know, it's like, yeah. here's a here's a napkin yeah, with some like, grease marks on it. Is that okay? <laughs> There's no, there's no blueprint for it. The only other lagoon in America is Kelly Slater's Wave Park out in Lemoore, California, outside of Fresno. Just to give you some perspective, you might pay about $10,000 a day to surf there for a few hours. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's $400 a wave about. All right. I, I surfed it in wow. February. Wow. Uh, so hence the exclusivity and the problem that Cole's trying to bring to the market. Yeah, I get it. It's a really amazing wave. Maybe the best in the industry. Uh, very long, very, just a nice angle to it. I, I surfed it, but it's not, it's very cost prohibitive and it's very intimidating too. So remember bottom 10% surfer over here. I surfed it. I was like the worst one in the lagoon. A lot of peer pressure. When my wave's coming up, it's like, don't screw this up. <laughs> don't screw this up. And then you catch the wave. And, and so for your average surfer or your Arizona desert rat who wants to learn how to surf, not a great wave. Um, but for the advanced expert surfer, brilliant wave. Man, I think that I would, you know, now that you, I'm kind of catching the vision of this whole thing, it's like, you you think this would be a, an excellent business in Arizona, in the desert, because you're close enough to California that, you know, there would be some interest, but, you know, it's like, I, I want to surf, but there's nothing, and I guess it doesn't hurt that Big Sur went away, but it really wasn't that surfing was a, anyway. That was a... That was a pee, it, it, that was a big pee party. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hey, but respect to those guys. So they they yes. started in 1969. They even had a little placard for some engineering feat because what they accomplished in 1969, that wave, which I unfortunately never actually saw the mm-hmm. little videos and pictures, that kind of stood the test of time for like 40 years. Yeah, that was the a standard. Long time. That's yeah. pretty amazing, right? I don't care who you are. You invent something like that. Hats off to you, but. Yeah, they. I think they're turning that project into storage units or something now. Yeah. So well, and I remember that the audience will love this. Uh, Cole and a bunch of the people involved in in our project that you know it was just what last year when they closed. Mm-hmm. These guys all went down there to try to get old memorabilia and see yeah. if there was anything for sale. Sure, you know, just to add to the nostalgia of, of the valley. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Okay, so Cole, let's go. Let's go back for the audience' sake. So you now meet Matt. You kind of got this surfing continuity thing, and now what? Then what happened next? Yeah, so most people in the surf park industry were originally thinking of, I'm going to have a surf park. Maybe I'll put some uh, airstreams that can park by it or little like cabana things to rent for the day. But they weren't thinking holistically enough, in my opinion. And that's really where Cannon Beach differentiates itself from every other surf park in the world. So remember, there's two in America, but internationally, there's quite a few more. You've got okay. a few down in Australia. You have a billion-dollar one that opened in South Korea. You've got a couple in England, Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland, guys, like outside in the Alps. You know, it's called Lai Bay. They surf in the middle of February. In fact, they had to shut their wave machine down because the ice chunks were getting in it. So, like, surfers are a very durable bunch. Wow. Surfer, in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside, no cover, right? So when I surfed in Slater's Wave, it was 34 degrees outside, 32 degrees in the water. Like, it was cold. Mm -hmm. But once you're in the water, you just, that's what you're used to, you know? I endeavored to design a a, a much broader concept that included hotels and retail and restaurant. All the things that, again, thinking of my family and mine, my wife's never going to surf. Love my wife to death. But I know she'd rather spend her time under an umbrella on the beach with her feet in the sand, eating a fish taco while I'm out there surfing. My kids are on the splash pad. Maybe my wife hits a massage at the spa. And afterwards, we all get gelato together. Right. Right. Or we're staying in the hotel as a staycation. Then we're going to meander down and hit the beach and, and whatever. So I try to create the programming that would make it a destination where dad didn't have to just ditch his wife 
or wife didn't have to ditch her husband because this goes both ways. There's a lot of <laughs> Karen's over here laughing her ass off. <laughs> we, we didn't introduce Karen. Karen, uh, yeah, is sitting over here. And I was a if it didn't get picked up, it should have. It was that was the great, mic drop by her. If the other wasn't one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not it's not that only men surf. Tons of women surf. Oh, There's yeah. a huge consortium. So you might might have a situation where wife wants to surf, dad stays on the beach, watches the kids, and they trade off. So you just, I wanted to create an environment where everybody was welcome, whether it was a beginning surfer who had never done it before, even a bodyboarder, little, little toddlers are going to hang out in the splash pad, or again, the spa experience or a fine dining experience. So that's really what Cannon Beach evolved into after this meeting with Matt. Okay, now, so again, for audience sake, because I know all these things, but I'm, I like teeing it up so that Cole can share the vision and the story, is if you drive right by right now, you can't see anything. You right. Because we've got it in construction and all that kind of stuff. But for the audience, then how did you guys decide on the size and then how that effectuates to the user experience? Uh, it, you know, because I see it every day working with you, but how did you guys determine all that, Cole? So when I met Matt, his original vision was for a one-acre pond. And I happen to live on one acre, and I've done a lot of development, a lot of residential development particularly. So I knew one acre seemed a little compressed. And so I said, let's, let's expand it to be a little over two acres okay. of water, which we did. So that's what we're building now. We've, we've successfully built and tested our, our wave on half of it at one acre. And now we've, Blue Wave has been cut loose to go cut, tear down the walls and finish the other half of it. In hindsight, I probably would have done three acres of water. But the reason we picked what we did was you want, how do I say this? It's all about the user experience. So in contrast to like Kelly Slater's wave, where it's such a long, far away wave, it's like watching a, a water skier on a private water ski lake get up on the water ski all the way down the other side of the lake. I can't tell if that's a man or a woman or a child. It's so far away. But I wanted the parents to be able to cheer for their kids and see their kids. So we wanted the beach to be close enough to the wave generator that you could actually see and cheer for your child on that wave. Or you could watch your spouse, or your girlfriend, or your friends rip on these waves so you're not so far apart. So that was one of the metrics that we used to measure it. The second metric is strictly a, 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 an energy one. The surfer can't deviate too far away from your energy source or the wave gets too small. Hmm. So either you have, even, even no matter what the reef technology, uh, you, I mean, you could go really crazy on the actual wave boards that are pushing that water, right? but you start pushing so much volume of water that it gets cost prohibitive. So there's yeah. this kind of this sweet spot of how far away can the surfer reasonably be from the wall or where the wave originates and still have a decent ride. And we concluded that that distance is about 60 yards. So that was the other sort of physicality that limited how big the lagoon should or shouldn't be. As a contractor here, I want to interject because one of the coolest things of learning and being exposed to these guys in this group has been not only the wave generation, but all the work that's been done on the contouring of the bottom where that meets too. So back to what he was talking about, all these physics principles that mm -hmm. have been mm -hmm. both acquired and learned, <laughs> not only through books and technology and plenty of computer modeling, but also Cole and I could sit here and laugh about some endless nights and stressful nights of putting in liners and testing and pulling them back out and micrograding something by just a few I, I degrees. I thought that I had seen some yeah. of that. It looked like that you had done some testing. We had just... Yeah, we had posted some on LinkedIn, yeah. but we had to be, you know, careful for their proprietary Absolutely. technology as well. So, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's just no two ways about it. Like you do all the computer modeling you can, but there's just no substitute for real life experience. And that's again where I tip my hat to Blue Wave because these guys like, like you said, we're at two in the morning. We got cranes and crews and 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 teenage, you know, workers out there. I hope that's legal to say. You know, they're yeah. just they're out there. It's a podcast. We don't care. It is yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, they're out there with you know sandbagging things and reshaping the reef because we just didn't get it right the first time. It's just the fact, uh, and we barely got it right the second time. But the third time, yeah. it really started to come together where we had a beautiful barrel, a nice yeah. wedging wave. And what's unique about our technology, among other things, is it's it's basically like 20 different paddles that we can synchronize at different times and push and, se and sequence the wave. So we can do a beginner wave, we can do an advanced wave, a barrel wave, a frothy rolly wave, and a, a wall whitewater wave, just these different things. And that really started to get dialed in on that last test. But uh, yeah, it was, you know, one of the walls collapsed that we had built yeah. and, you know, it's just, just all fun and parrot. My wife thinks they, oh, you get to go to the surf park and build a surf park. I'm like, honey, <laughs> this ain't glamorous, you know. <laughs> when it's all done, it'll be sexy. But in the meantime, it's just a lot of work. So you you talked about a, a that experience. I, I think the audience would really be interested to hear 
how do we put it into words of you come in, you've got like a, a fob or a wristband or an RF scan, something. And then how do, how, how are you guys going to deliver on that experience? Like if a family of four comes walk the audience through how that, how they can, how that timing works and like how an experience works. Is it an hour? Is it two hours? How, how is that going to play out during the day with a family of four or something? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, when you go to the aquarium, for example, you walk in the front door and then when you exit, after you buy your tickets, you're in the aquarium. Like that's, that's kind of how it works. So it's no different here. You walk into our surf shop, you buy your ticketing and you exit onto the beach. So now the family has walked in, they look at all the ticketing and, and mom says, I want to surf. And dad says, I'm just going to kick it under this umbrella. And the kids are like, I want to go do that cliff jump over there. So they get upsold on a cliff jump. You can buy just a beach pass or buy the cliff jump, by the way, side note on yeah. the cliff jump. This is pretty cool. <laughs> so when I moved here to Arizona, I love jumping off high things and doing flips mm-hmm. and things or whatever. I'm probably too old to be doing that, but I, I do love it. I went searching for high platforms and the only ones I could find in Arizona was at Arizona State. And it was very difficult to get into, by the way. Maybe there's more. I just couldn't find them. So ever since that time, I've yearned for like a high platform to jump off of and do tricks. So at Cannon Beach, we're bringing that to us. And it's a 21-foot platform. So that's no small thing. No. We've we got like a 4-foot, 6-foot, 10-foot, 21-foot. I mean, you could huck a double ga- front gainer that, off that. That's... Even you, Robert, could do the triple no, one I, I, No, and I love I You love and Rodney Dangerfield thing. can do your mojo yeah. off the top. <laughs> wow. Wow. For all of you that don't know what that movie is, yeah. look it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so there you are. You have a couple different attractions. There's going to be um, a standing wave feature, which it's hard to explain. It's kind of like Flowrider, but like on steroids. Um, so there's a standing wave. There's a big lagoon feature. So there's just these different packages that you can buy. But again, the surfing itself, you pay by the hour. So if the wife says, I want to surf, she's going to book a session from 1 to 2 p.m. The kids and the husband are going to sit on the beach. Uh, enjoy the splash pad, enjoy the pump track skating thing, which is included in your beach ticket price. You could rent a cabana and hang out for the day. You might only stay there for three hours. You might only stay there for two hours, which by the way, is the beautiful aspect of this. If you have kids, you know the pain and suffering of amusement parks, right? Like you pay the hundred dollars and you put on the sunscreen and you get the floaties and you get the cooler and you get all the stuff and you buy the I won't name names, but you get the ears, right? right? And you're in the park and you're like, we are going to tough this out no matter what, honey. Right. People are crying. They're tired. They're right. hungry. They're yeah, you just dropped a skin, thousand bucks. But you're like, we are staying here, darn it. I don't care how little fun anybody's having. We're going to tough this out because we're here. We're in Florida. We're in Orange County, wherever. And I didn't want that experience at Cannon Beach. I wanted it to be where I could literally on the way to work, pull over at Cannon Beach, hit the surf for an hour, shower up and get to work you know, at 7.30 in the morning. Or I could go with my family for three hours and have a nice little beach day. Incredible. Let's take, yeah, no, let's do it. No, go let's ahead. take it. I'm not even going to stop you. Just do it. Go I, ahead. I feel so good to be Robert. I can't tell you. Like, do it. you got to shave your head tonight, though. Oh, that's, but, that could, anyway. Yeah, let's take a Word from our sponsor. <laughs> Tory Contracting, your full service Division 9 contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller, hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. We deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting, small enough to listen, big enough to deliver. What's the temperature of the water going to be? Depends on the not season. Not 32, okay. I can okay. tell you that. <laughs> no, so yeah, I, you're not hating it, obviously. Correct. There's a little bit of heat that comes off of our heat exchangers, but it's de minimis. Yeah. Um, I think in the wintertime, you might notice a two or three degree change from ambient, ambient temperature. But in the winter, it'll get down to 40s. You know, yeah, but, it, so, but it's wetsuit. Yeah, you'll be wearing a wetsuit in the winter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, surfers are durable people. Even this wimpy surfer you're looking at, I used to surf at midnight in January out in San Diego all okay. the time. So Okay, so I'm going to go there. Go there. So, okay, I've, I've got kids, grandkids, whatever never surfed you're not going to go out and throw them into the surf to the to the big wave are are you going to also offer are you going to teach people to surf that's a great question so the wave actually when it propagates a wave you're going to have the big wave if you will the advanced wave sure and then that wave will crash like a barrel wave and then you'll get left with the white crumblies that we're all used Mm -hmm. to out in waikiki beach would be Mm -hmm. a good example Mm -hmm. at those white crumblies we call those a roller wave you're going to have a handful of surf instructors standing there chucking people on foam boards, getting them up to stand up for the first time. And I tell you, 
Robert, it, just to watch people at our wave do that for the first time, it was way more rewarding than watching these pro surfers do their 360s off the oh, wave. Oh, I can imagine. So I will tell you that that when we did that third night of testing, mm-hmm. I I watched him. I think he was floating. I mean, literally, like almost like Jesus across the water, <laughs> mm-hmm. because we all felt the energy that night of exactly what he's talking about. I saw more people out in that. To me, I'm not a surfer, but I call it that dead area, and they were mm-hmm. having more fun. Like the, the he said, then the pros were right up against the the barrels. It was the energy coming out of that night was unbelievable. Yeah, that's very that's very yeah. neat stuff. So you are going to be so now in my mind, I envision. Now I've looked at the website. So I envision a big two acre, whatever it is, wave. But what is the other one that looks like a swimming pool with a wave in it? Great question. So that's that unit wave. It's German unit wave. There we unit go. wave. Yes, this is German technology. And I gotta just take a moment to tip my hat off to the Germans. We stereotype them as like these hardcore engineering people. Hate to stereotype, but they perfectly lived up to that. They did. And it was brilliant, right? Yeah. Like, so COVID happened. Steel shortages abounded. Right. But they had that thing delivered. Notwithstanding the port blockages, the steel shortages, they had that unit delivered to my site exactly on time. And with two inches left in the storage containers, they they packed that thing as I tightly. I can tell you, we were very appreciative of them. Wow. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like perfect. They just did their job. So hats off to those guys. But... Uh, actually, where I think it started, they haven't told me this, but in Berlin, if you've ever been there, back in like the 70s, they built a canal and the canal had a big piece of concrete that created this wave. And all these people in the middle of the city, I mean, right downtown in Berlin, will put on wetsuits and go surf on this it's accidental it's, wave. It's all over like TikTok or YouTube. You can you can search it and it's there and it's cool as heck to see it. Yeah, just search Berlin wave. You'll find yeah. it, you know. So all these people started surfing on what they call a river wave. It's literally just a canal that just hits a big bump. And, and it just creates makes this it creates this wave. And these people will go surf on it all day long. I, I assume that was the inspiration for the unit wave, but I can't say for sure. There's another one of those river waves out in Hawaii. But anyway, it's like it's like a flow rider where you have basically 10 meters where you're you're traversing back and forth kind of practicing your surf turns that's what you're calling a flow rider that's what that well that's a different brand but i have seen i've seen video of like at the beach where they they be there looks like it's been dug out of a section and there's people just waiting and they just jump in that's correct okay it's that similar kind of cold tell him or tell the audience the difference between the ones on the cruise ships and this one is Fin versus no fin, correct? That's the yeah, big it's a big difference. So I was actually on a cruise ship <laughs> with my kids, right? And they're all excited. We all wait in line for like an hour to get on this floor ride, and I'm terrible on this thing. I'm just falling, breaking my shoulder, rolling up, getting you know. It's like it's like a thousand mile an hour water spraying over neoprene, and mm-hmm. you're on like a skateboard with no fins. My <laughs> kids are like, "Dad, you're embarrassing us." I thought you were a good surfer, right? I'm like, "This isn't surfing. I'm not sure what this is." It's tons of fun for a lot of people, a lot of respect, but it's not what the unit wave is. Unit wave is real surfboards, deep water wave. When you fall, you fall into deep water you don't fall onto a, a mat a pad, yeah, and hit gotcha. yourself, right? So um, it's a much more natural feeling. And what's nice is I can just literally with a turn of a knob, make it a big wave or a small wave. So if I'm a beginner, I can hold like my kid's armpits on the side and kind of help him or her get used to it. And that might be the training ground to graduate to the big lagoon, which is right next to it. Interesting. And you can also just, just to give you a sense of the vibe, like we put LED lights in the whole thing. So on St. Patrick's Day, it'll glow green, Valentine's Day pink, you know, different just vibey late night parties where you're just watching surfers and it's so fun, whether they're good or bad, they're wiping out or they're ripping on that thing. Yeah. It's tons of fun to watch. So if I'm eating my enchiladas or my bison burger, I'm overlooking this beautiful illuminated orb of water and just having a great time. So that's kind of the vibe we're trying to capture. Yeah. Very, very neat. Now, I saw, I think where I even saw, maybe it was on yours, where like that unit wave was in the middle of a lake. Looked like That's it was right. like a river or something, it looked like. Uh, you're, you, you've done your research. So that one you saw was probably Milan in a lake. Mm-hmm. And that's where the original unit wave, that's how they created it as floating apparatuses that would suck oh, gotcha. water as a vacuum and then create a wave mid-lake. Mid we're actually the first one, to my knowledge, that's actually fully in ground. So we're kind of pioneers with them. So if you've seen any of our posts all over social media, we've, we literally had to build the bathtub that then this goes into. So, so big that's concrete. the difference. Whereas the one you saw, 
they plopped it right into like yeah, it looked in like Italy it in, in, either, in the yeah, lake. lake. They're just using yeah. the natural water. Yeah, I saw skiers yeah. going yeah. by, you know, being pulled. But yeah. Yeah, very neat stuff. And it's not shallow. It's like 17 no. feet deep. And I think one pour that Blue Wave coordinated there, there was 55 trucks yep. in, in one night. Yep. And, you know, we started at, what, midnight or something yep. before in the morning? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, those fun big pours. I do. I love that kind of stuff. Um, Cole, I think a great one to ask you now is we talked about the night and the dropping off in the morning before you hit work. What's the goal for hours? Yeah, it's a great question. So my expectation is in the summertime, we're open till midnight. It's cool. pretty ambitious. Yeah. Uh, the city is very supportive of us. Uh, in the winter time, probably till nine p.m. So you can picture in the in the winter time, right? Well, what families are going to want to hang out on the actual beach? Well, supportive spouses, girlfriends, friends, watching you rip the surfers. They're going to go all season. Teenagers long. will all yeah. Day teenagers, long. yeah, they're going to be good. But we're, we're going to do different programming. So like in the winter time on the beach, we might have propane fireplaces that have s'mores, you know, so you're, you get your hoodie on, you're kind of feeling like I'm at the La Jolla shores, got my hoodie on. I'm going to have some s'mores after dinner and just watch surfers. Uh, in the summertime, we're going to stay up a lot later and have music blaring and, uh, it controlled blaring, by the way, that's been a very yeah. interesting challenge to get <laughs> the rock and roll music over the, oh, oh, over the lagoon. And then the sushi music, as I call it at restaurant row. <laughs> But I'll know what sushi music is. Don't pretend like you don't. I get it. That's like yacht rock for us old people. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) I got it. So, but I see like, um, I see some residential components or maybe some hotel components. As you've mentioned, the sound is not going to be a problem. I'm going to guess the people that would be going to stay are going for the vibe in the first place. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, One of the things I was most shocked about when I went out to Waco was how few people drove there. Meaning everybody I met effectively flew in from out of state, most of all from Southern California. And I, I talked to these people, right? Like sometimes, well, hold on, let me get this straight. Guy with two sleeve tattoos, like hardcore surfer. You're telling me you flew a non-direct flight to stay in a Motel 6 so you could surf on this little wave here in Waco? And the answer was yes, because I wanted to get that perfect wave to practice that 360 that I just get to try over and over and over again. Whereas in nature's waves, they're unpredictable. They're because the wave is always the same. Yeah, you can make yeah, it the obviously. same depending yeah. on the session you book. But so I say that because, yes, it will be a destination for people from out of state, particularly California, particularly people who have their own waves in their own backyard for free. They're going to come out here to Arizona and pay $80 an hour, give or take, to surf on our wave. Um, and then you're going to have a lot of staycationers. So I do think that just comes with the territory. We, we've been mm. thoughtful with our contractors and Blue Waves helped us out focusing the sound inward to the lagoon so it doesn't affect as much the hotel. But you come to Cannon Beach, expect a party. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, that's what you're going for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what about, um, let's go back to the mixed-use thing. Because we we started on the interior with, yeah. the, with the actual wave lagoon. We talked about the unit wave. Now, Cole, through your eyes and, and, and your, your, your message here, describe what the mixed-use to you means. So, like bringing that holistic vision that you had together. Yeah, so we kind of live in a world where you know, happiness is delivered in an Amazon package to your house, <laughs> right? Or at least that's the perception. It is in my house. Yeah. yeah, that's the perception that, you know, commercialism wants you to take. I'm, I'm just different. My kid, we don't have any Playstations or Nintendos at my house. No offense to those who do. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great hobby. But for me, I'm all about the experiences. When you die, what do you take with you? Take your memories and your relationships. So I want to build a lot of those, right? And I want my kids, more importantly, to build a lot of those. And so Cannon Beach has this overarching theme that it's a place where you it's a place that Amazon can't deliver to your front step. It's a place where you're going to go have experiences, right? So I had a call with a tenant this morning. It's a great example, an axe-throwing tenant. Super excited. That'd be a great fit for Cannon Beach. It's a unique thing to do. I know there's been a couple of those pop up. Uh, you know, we, we have uh, an entertainment facility. I probably can't announce them just yet, but right. think BMX pump track, uh, trampoline park, foam pits, uh, zip lines, all this sort of adrenaline things for teenagers. This is a place you go push yourself to your new limits. We want to have uh, a really high-end gym here, uh, specialty training, that sort of thing. So I've just sort of built everything around that experience, not the least of which is the dining experience. If if like P.F. Chang's or Macaroni Grill called me and said, I want to set up shop here, I would politely say, you have an awesome concept. I love my lettuce wraps, but no, thank you. I want Cannon Beach to be a place for regional food, kind of those places that might have four or five great locations that we all love, but mm-hmm. do- doesn't have a hundred or five hundred of them. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's a unique experience, and we're trying to stick with that. Like our ice cream place that's going to come in, they have like vegan ice cream. Who thought of vegan ice cream? I, you know, that's great. Uh, and 
and lactose free ice cream and all different flavors. And they also have the traditional flavors, you know. And so we're trying to hunt out those type of restaurateurs and and, and uh, it's not always easy. We're no, there. I was going to ask you how that's going because, I mean, with you being selective, I mean, I could see some restaurateurs that would be like, oh, man, this is the place for me. And I, I'm guessing that you would hope that those people would seek you out. But are you getting interest? Yeah. So we have uh, about 60,000 feet up against Power Road, which we call the Power Pads affectionately. And those are about 70% leased up. I'm charging about, call it 25 to 30% premium from those people across the street. But these tenants, they catch the vision. They get it. It wasn't an easy vision to communicate because there's no model for it. There's Correct. no pro forma to say, well, look how many people go there. You know, there's no. So I just had to perpetually show people videos. When we finally got our test up and, and they could see our own wave. They said, aha, now I get it. So now we're signing some bigger tenants uh, all along what's called Restaurant Row, which is the consortium of restaurants that overlooks the lagoon. I was going to say, I'm looking at it right now and they're looking over. I mean, overlooking, I mean, they're looking, it's coming toward them. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So the and I'll I'll chime in here for just a second and then Cole cut me off. The idea now that you guys have they're gonna put their own proprietary like grill at the end of the, the beach area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean yeah, that's right. On the but, beach itself. But yep. then behind is the the restaurant row, like right. to the, the, the people that he's talking about. The cool part is is the people inside there can effectively get either or. That's what Cole's trying to say is they yeah. can order the food and then come into the park. That's right. So one of the perks about being a tenant on a restaurant row is your food is allowed on my beach. So if, if JJ brings his cooler from home, sorry, pal, leave the cooler in the car. I that get doesn't it work. Now. But if you're yeah. a tenant at restaurant row, I'm not going to make you as a patron of the beach, eat at my little fish taco thing on the beach. Sure. We like that. Sure. But if you want to go get a, a nice pizza, at restaurant row and carry it on our that's totally welcome hmm. so we just want variety for our users and, and just a great experience for everybody that's great that's really good stuff what's what crazy questions you got now oh just, no i'm i've got so many i mean i love we'll go no i'm just the whole concept i'm starting to get more and more uh, uh just jazzed about it because it's really a very specific model i mean you're you're targeting specific businesses and specific vibes and those kinds of people that also embrace it and get it. I, I'm just going to throw one out here and I'd love to hear Cole's comments on this because he, he and I haven't even talked about this is that when you look at the location, which is basically power and Warner right off the two two. And then you look at everything that's going on with gateway just to the South of us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with legacy sports park, just being not even that far away, that whole corner of, you know, Southeast or yeah, Southeast Mesa there, it really is almost feeling like it's going to turn into a destination spot because remember when legacy opened, I don't think any of us were prepared for that. I remember I was there as a parent, as a soccer parent the first weekend. And if there was one car, there was 70,000 cars there. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, and Cole, I don't know if you've brought, I don't know if you formally talked into either one of those entities, but how that's all coming together as part of that whole economic thing. But let's, you want to take a break and come back yeah, to that question? let's do that. Okay. Yep. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from. And we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. So with that, you you remember what the question was? Yeah, 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 sure. So Legacy Sports Park is huge. And by the way, hats off to them. $286 million built over 14 months, I think, in the middle of COVID. Like, brilliant work that they were able to get that done. So I've become friends with the owners over there. And they've told me that, look, they had, I think, 5 million unique visitors in the first 90 days that they opened. 90 days? Yeah, from February to like February, March, April to May. That's insane when you think about that number. It is very insane. And they're pulling people regionally from all these neighboring states, right, to come in for these soccer tournaments, volleyball pickleball you name it whatever and he said their biggest complaint is that people want a nice resort like place to go if they're going to come to arizona play in the sunshine they want a nice pool right this is the middle of summer when they opened effectively 
And they're sending people all the way to the Arizona Grand, which is like 45 minutes away right. from them. So they're bugging me. Cole, when can you have your hotel open? Open that thing. Get it going. <laughs> like, let's go. So I think it it does play on very well what Cannon Beach is doing in harmony with Legacy. That, you know, if I'm there for little Jimmy softball game for a tournament, but he loses on day one. So now he doesn't advance. Right. Well, I'm stuck in Arizona. Our flights aren't until Sunday night, Monday morning. What am I going to do? I'm going to stay at Cannon Beach. Let's spend some money at Cannon Beach. Or if I'm a sibling of a kid, even worse, you know, I didn't even get to play in that first game. I have to just go along for the ride. Uh, we want to create an atmosphere where the the siblings of these kids can can have something to do while they're, the, the other kids are in the legacy tournaments and things. So you're, you're right. That area is just bonkers. Uh, you can't, every like month I drive, there's a couple new buildings up. I don't know where they're getting all the concrete from because I have to keep <laughs> waiting, you know, but like somebody knows something I don't, you know, right? That's a sore subject. We're not going there. I don't know if you could say, but is this the first of, of many? First of more? I'd be happy to say. Uh, it is the first of many, okay. uh, for sure. Um, the brain damage associated with building the first one has <laughs> been extensive. So if I have any brain cells left, uh, I'm going to use them in a much easier effort to build versions two, three, four. And you can count on it that there's never going to be, in my mind, like an A wave. At best, I give us a B plus right now. Really? And that's, yes. And it's a, it's, it's a criticism both of we can always do better mm-hmm. and I want to do better. Sure. And so we're going to push those engineering limits further next time. Next time is going to be a bigger lagoon, going to be taller wave boards, slightly larger wave. You can't get too crazy. You start like injuring people, but I know we can do better. I'm super excited about this park. I'm not diminishing the experience, which is second to none here in Arizona, but I just know that our future parks are going to, going to have some new goodies in store for our, patrons so okay we've all seen those videos of the guy surfing through a tube okay does this wave make a tube can you make it it sure does it makes a barrel in fact it makes what's called a spitting barrel to give you some surf term a spitting barrel you see them on like in the pipeline in hawaii where a big barrel comes it shoots out the water water, and the the guy comes like comes out frothy like all covered and he's did he make it did he not yeah, that's called a spitting barrel. So ours technically spits a little bit at the end, which is really exciting for us surf nerds. How in the world do you, well, I guess, you know, you make it do that. Is I mean, nature does it quite well, but wow, to be able to engineer that. Yeah. we That's amazing. The spitting part, I can't, I can't take too much credit. There's a little bit of luck involved in that part of it. But the barrel, <laughs> we'll take it right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the, we need a little bit of luck. The barrel part was very deliberate. It has to do with your reef angle and how you shape it and, and also how you sequence those wave boards. So if you said, hey, I'm feeling saucy, Cole, turn up the juice, give me a barrel. I'll give you a barrel. And if you want me to turn down the wave and make it a more, you know, beginner, intermediate wave, I can do that too. Wow. So, so the, guy that you, the guy that you saw or that video was actually Shane Veshin's son. That was Noah, right? Wasn't that his name? I don't know which video he saw, but there's there's, there, there's a, a couple of them. I yeah. think. Yeah. Seen, yeah. So yeah. Noah Beshin's a brilliant surfer. One of our partners, Shane, is a triple X gold medalist. I think he's the only person in X Games history, by the way, to get uh, a, a perfect ten on all three judges. So that's pretty cool. So nice. we do have a very nice balance, I think, of regular people like me, and then the pro surfers like Shane and Matt's a, a really good surfer himself to just weigh in on kind of that mix because you don't want to get too heavy. There's an old saying that core is poor, right? C-O-R-E. If you, if you cater to the core market of hardcore surfers, that 1%, you might make the best wave in the industry, but you'll be poor because <laughs> yeah. your, your net you can cast is tiny. Correct. If you're trying to make the best, biggest wave ever, you're not going to have a big enough crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to ask. Now, you, I mean, my whole brain is just because now I want to be a surfer. You know, is is this is you'd the be the only one with, to, to do it with cowboy boots on? But I'll give you credit. No, for that. I wouldn't <laughs> wear my boots. I'd I'd wear my you know sandals or sandal boots or something. But <laughs> tag, I'll remember in a second. So for the audience' sake, then Cole, what is there any other? dreamy things with this whole park that you you would like? Well, I think one thing that people should maybe be aware of. So there's, there's been very little criticism of Cannon Beach because there's just nothing but excitement. It's literally the only project I've been a part of, and I've been a part of many, both in my attorney capacity as land use attorney and as a developer, where I just put on my body armor and I go to the planning commission ready to just take the pitchforks and just like, let's go. Like literally, <laughs> there's one approval. There's one guy who showed up, and the and the planning commission said, "Do you have a comment?" 
And he said, I, I just want to say how cool this is. And I'm like, because <laughs> I like, hold on to my own like, alternate reality here that nobody came to protest us. Like, it was that exciting. But there is some criticism in the surf industry about water consumption, especially oh, in the oh, Southeast yeah, Valley. That's what I was thinking. And people might be interested to know, first off, our total water consumption after we fill up is only about six acre feet annually. That's very little, right? Like the number of users per gallon, if you will, is less than one hole on a golf course. So Repeat one, that. The, the number of gallons we consume is less than one hole on a golf course. So the number of people that get to use those gallons, sure, it consumes water. We own that, but right. not very much. And the number of people that enjoy each gallon of water is a very high ratio, much higher than soccer fields for kids, much higher than just your average splash pad per kid, uh, golf courses, certainly. And these are all important things. I mean, we need to have water entertainment, especially here in Arizona. But if you can squeeze that much smiles, if you will, or that much marginal utilities, I'll call it, out of those few gallons, you're doing pretty good. And I think you're actually being quite eco-friendly uh, in the process. How about training? Are, you mentioned professional uh, surfers. Is there going to be training or the ability to train here, or is it not that kind of a venue? Or Absolutely. I, my prediction here is within 10 years, so, so surfing is an Olympic sport now, if you didn't know that. Correct. And that's a really tricky one, right? It's kind of like when you watch ice skating, you're like, yeah, but the judges got it wrong. It's so subjective. It's so unfair. But track and field, that's when you can set your yeah. watch to. It's yeah. like, he either yeah. did it or he didn't, right? So surfing is kind of that same problem where, where you go out on a good day as surfers will surf in the Olympics on Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, the surf and the swell could be completely different. To no fault of the athletes, they get just totally different deck of cards handed mm -hmm, to them. Right. So my prediction is in 10 years from now, not only will all of the Olympics be held at artificial wave lagoons for the surfing, but all of the gold medalists will have evolved out of artificial wave. You might very well have gold medalists coming out of little old Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have waves because they had the ability to do that repeated wave over and over again. That might be blasphemy in the surf world, but I just think that ability to well, just replicate it. I have a great testimonial to that. You know, I, I, I moved down here, what, nine and a half years ago from Minneapolis. They have a little hill in, you know, flat as a pancake, uh -huh. Minneapolis called Buck Hill. Uh -huh. Well, Lindsey Vaughn trained there. I mean, uh -huh. think about it. Thing is, is she would just go up and down that thing and, you know, she could get in, what, 100 runs every day? Mm -hmm. Just back to your point. So, she, yeah, she wasn't in Vail every day, but she could go up and down that thing all, all winter long. And it's the repetition and, and the consistency that makes a great yep. athlete. So I can certainly see, see your point there that, especially Olympics, you would think that they would get to something to where it's a, they even the playing field, if you would, would yeah. and, and, and have the perfect way. Are, are you ever going to be able to achieve the perfect wave or an A wave? I think uh, Mother Nature did it best and first. Yeah, probably. And I think probably she, she made the best wave. I don't think you can ever, I could be wrong, uh, but that, that would be a lifetime pursuit. Mm -hmm. uh, we can make an amazing wave, but I, I think that there's some beauty in that, that, you know, we're out here trying to copy Mother Nature and we'll never achieve that perfection, but we'll get close as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask one more question? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Cole, only because I know this one's come up, but I'd love to hear your answer. If capital and developers approach you to do this in a cold weather climate, can this ever be done under a roof cost, cost effectively? It's a great question. And I have spent, again, what few brain cells I have left um, trying to answer that question. Again, I'm from Utah, so I feel like part of my legacy is I want to bring a surf lagoon to Utah in a cold weather climate. And it is cold. I mean, like nine months out of the year, it'd be very, very harsh. I believe it's doable. I've retained some engineers out in Germany who have some really cool concepts or some really cool eco-friendly bubbles and things that allow UV rays to get in. So you could literally be in the middle of February in Minneapolis getting a suntan, right? And it's 80 degrees in there. The UV rays are coming through. You're getting, a, you're feeling like you're at the beach. You want that refuge for people to leave that gloomy, cold, you know, environment and step into it. So I think it's possible. And that's going to be one of the next chapters for us. And we have been approached by a lot of developers and we're open to doing it, by the way. So if, if there's developers out there, hit us up. We'd be very interested in exploring different jurisdictions with you. I want one, one more just so, because when people start seeing these names flash up, I think that we, they, it's important that you explain the difference between Cannon Beach, Revel Surf, and Swell. Could you just let the yep. audience know yep. that? Yep, in a word. So Swell is a term that, Swell Manufacturing is our technology. That's what owns the patents for our actual wave pusher, if you will. Most consumers will never know the, the term swell. 
Uh, Revel is a tenant, if you will, of Cannon Beach. So when you come buy a ticket, your ticket will say Revel. When you buy some swag, it'll say Revel Surf. Revel Surf is located at Cannon Beach, which is a 40-acre multi-user development. Got it. So I might say, just to use it in a sentence, hey, honey, let's go stay at Cannon Beach Hotel. We'll buy our tickets, our kids some tickets to Revel, and they're going to catch some waves made by Swell. And you, Swell, you guys own Swell, right? Correct. And you guys will, you're effectively taking that to market around the world. Is that correct? That's right. So as we dial this one in, we we actually already have, I mean, we get hit up last week alone, two in New York, uh, Colorado, Nashville, uh, Dallas, uh, California. We get hit up constantly from developers who want to buy our technology. And with good reason. It's very energy efficient. Uh, to give you some perspective, we only push 670 horsepower for our entire system. So if you're in California and you're paying 28 cents a kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Huge right deal. in Arizona, not as big of a deal, but our next our next lowest energy competitor that I'm aware of consumes like 4,600 kilowatt hour or horsepower. Excuse me. So we're like 20 percent of the power consumption, and also the capital cost to build our system is about call it 30 percent cheaper than our competitors. Um, so yeah, we do plan on licensing and selling our systems to other developers. Incredible stuff. That is awesome. Yeah, it's a well, Cole, I, I can't thank you enough for coming in today. How, how, do, how do people get in touch with you or your people or anybody that has questions about this? How do they get in touch with you both? Yeah, it's a great question. So Revel Surf is on Instagram. They just hit up a DM there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Cole the Law Father. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> my, my biggest pride is I'm a father more than a lawyer, but I'm apparently the law father. So I guess I'm both. I like that. <laughs> and then we have a Cannon Beach AZ uh, website with an information. It's cannonbeachaz.com. That I've been on the entire time looking and, and seeking. Uh, thanks for being on. Thank for you, that. gentlemen. It's uh, been a privilege. I, man, I'm going to watch it and I am going to go. Well, you'll probably Absolutely. be invited maybe. Uh, no, I'm absolutely. I'm. I'll sneak in if I have to. I don't care what it is. I, I'm going to do it. Uh, you too, Karen. Karen, Karen as well. We'll give Karen a pass too, maybe. All right. Uh, We're out of here, I guess. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to the Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to the Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levinsky on LinkedIn and Instagram. And tune in live every Monday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, make it a great day.